All right. Well, it's so awesome to be able to do a little bit, uh, something a little bit different this morning with my dad as we, as we share the word. Um, this morning, we're starting a new series, a preaching series for the next couple of weeks, um, and it's called Faith and Finances. And uh, we want to talk about living by faith and, and specifically in the context of our finances. And uh, so often we, we expect the supernatural as Christians in other areas of our lives, um, whether it's praying for the sick or risking with certain things. But very few of us ever put our finances in the faith realm, uh, in the supernatural, and trust God for the miraculous with our money. And so we're going to get into a little bit of that this morning and over the next couple of weeks. Um, and we're going to open up the Word and get into some scriptures together. Um, but I, I kind of want to set this up quickly just with a, a, a practical picture um, as, we, as we begin to get into the topic. And that's this. I remember as a, as a little boy, um, when I think about it now, I owned nothing. I, I had nothing to my name. I didn't own anything. My dad owned everything. And uh, yet I was never in lack, and I, I always had what I needed and uh, could do what I, I wanted to do. And if I wanted something, I went to my dad and I asked him for it, and he knew what was good for me and what wasn't good for me, and, and he was responsible to raise me into maturity. And as I started to, to grow up, I remember I got to an age where I could be trusted with a little bit of money, and so then my parents would give me pocket money. And then what I learned was not just that, you know, my dad owned everything and I could come to him for stuff, but now he was trusting what he had to me to be a steward of that. And as I, as I grew up, I, I learned to steward things, and so I was trained to be a good steward. And uh, I was just thinking about that in the context of finances and in the context of our lives with our Heavenly Father, with the Lord, who provides for us, who is faithful, um, and we're, there's no lack in God. And, and He loves us. He, he's never disappointed or upset with us. He's actually excited to bless us. He's excited for us to be good stewards of what He gives us. But sometimes we, we view finances with an ownership mentality. It's mine and I've, this is what I've worked for and it's mine rather than a lordship and a stewardship mentality. And so we want to, we want to talk about finances this morning um, with, uh, with my dad. If you don't know my dad, this is, I'm sure everybody does, but this is the lead elder of 24-7, Grant um, Lauder, and I'm his biological son and spiritual son, Connor Lauder. Um, I'm just trusting there's new people watching this and you're going to get so touched today. Um, but we want to talk today about lordship and stewardship. And um, we, we've had incredible teaching in this house and in this church about tithing, about offerings, about finances in the past. And so this time, as we talk on this topic, we're going to come from a slightly different perspective, a different angle. And uh, so I just want to make it clear that, you know, when, when we're tithing, tithing isn't, um, it's not necessarily generosity or offerings or, or, or giving. Tithing has to do with lordship. We know that tithing is not a law, but it's a heart matter. And so we, we know that Abraham, when he tithed, it wasn't out of a law or a requirement. He tithed actually as a heart matter that this belongs to the Lord. And I'm saying to the Lord that I surrender everything, that you're my king, and, and I'm giving this to you because it's yours. I, I, I'm surrendering it to you. I'm yielding it to you. So we know that tithing has to do with lordship. Um, we don't have to steward our tithe. tithe Tithing belongs to God. We are, we're not called to decide or dictate where our tithe goes. Tithing goes into our local house because it's God's. And it's a, it's a declaration of His Lordship uh, and, and His kingship in the kingdom that we're a part of, right? And so that's real simple. And, and, um, and then we've got uh, the stewardship of God, which is actually that uh, it's not that God says, hey, I only want 10% and, you know, the 90 is yours. No, the whole thing is God's. 
All of it is God's because we, we, we're not called into ownership. We're called into stewardship. And so tithing is the declaration of his lordship. And then after that, we we're left with this 90% that God has entrusted to us, like my dad would entrust pocket money to me. He has entrusted um, to us finances to steward for the purposes of God. And a part of that, just so you understand this, God's purposes is also to look after you, to provide for you, for you to be blessed, for you to have the desires of your heart and for God to do amazing things in your life. But there's something even greater than that, and it's the kingdom of God. And he's called you to be a steward of something so powerful, uh, you know, here on the earth, which is money. Um, and, and if you are living with a stewardship mentality or you're stewarding the money, uh, you're not um, ruled by money or reigned by money, money actually becomes a tool for you to do what God's called you to do. So I wanted to just share that as we, as we set this up and, and, and kind of move into what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, and uh, maybe let's get into some scriptures. So if you've got your, your Bibles, you can open to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read Matthew chapter 6. We'll start in, um, in verse 20. So what we'll do is we'll read a couple of scriptures, and then we'll get into it, and we'll probably come back to the scriptures as we go. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's jump down to verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And then you can jump all the way down to verse 33. It says this, But first and most importantly, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you also. Verse 34, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, just want to say something about that last scripture. When I used to read that, I used to think, wow, that's not very encouraging. It's like, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough trouble today. That's not what he's saying. Actually, what God's saying is you've got the solutions for what today brings. Don't stress about tomorrow. Understand that you are the solution to today's troubles. If you're caught up in tomorrow's troubles, how are you going to be the solution to today's troubles? And so in the context of finances, we're going to be bouncing around with these scriptures um, as we unpack part one of our series, Lordship, uh, Faith and Finances, and today is called Lordship and Stewardship. So dad, maybe do you want to kick us off and just lay a platform here? Um, just around finances and putting our finances in the faith realm. And also, what is finances? If it's a heart matter, what does that mean to us? Um, and, and how should we approach finances in our thinking? Um, I think um, maybe just uh, to kick off, uh, it, as Connor was talking there, it was reminding me of a story um, as I was growing up um, when we went out on an outreach uh, to the, actually to the beachfront, to Durban beachfront, and um, we got some people saved there, and uh, they, um, they, we said, you know, they, we would baptize them straight away in the, in the sea. And uh, so they obviously weren't kitted out already for that, but they said, no, they'll just go in, you know, with their clothes. Um, but they all took out their wallets and their keys, put them on the beach, and they went into the sea. And, and uh, I remember um, afterwards the guy sharing with us and saying, Often we as the uh, children of God or people of God, we, we get baptized and we get born again, but we, 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 we don't, we leave our, our wallet and our keys. 
Um, now, I know for a lot of ladies, obviously, the keys won't really um, matter that much. But for, for a guy, your car is quite, quite a, a serious thing. But it just reminded me often that um, in these times, when we, uh, in church life, when people begin to talk about finances, that uh, we want to switch off because, like, what's that got to do with uh, God and you, all you're after is my money. And I want to encourage you that when you got baptized, you got baptized with your wallet and your keys. Um, and everything because Jesus became the owner of all. So, so it's, it's, it is vital that we do talk about these things. They're not, they are all part of the kingdom. Yeah. And, um, and we, not, we must not be um, um, squeamish or a little bit nervous about these things. So, so that's what we want to do today. And we want to just launch off. I, just, I felt like uh, in, with Connor and I, we, we would build a bit of a platform today, a bit of a foundation, and then launch into the series uh, building on a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, in terms of what the Bible talks uh, about when it talks about money. But I want us uh, today to realize that this isn't now some kind of formula of what we need to go and do and apply so that we can have a good life, so that we can have a better life. Then we've missed out on the foundation. So a lot of the time, guys don't teach the foundation well, then they teach all the things in the Bible that talks about what we're supposed to do with money, and then we think we must follow that, and then, and then everything is all good. Yeah. So what I want to try and uh, do today is... is, is, is give you a, a foundation to start, a starting point, and then move from there. And I want to also point out that we've been talking about uh, the, uh, the Holy Spirit and uh, a series of, of yieldedness, of surrender to the Holy Spirit and the presence and power of God and how uh, God's anointed us uh, to do uh, the miraculous in our lives. And at this stage, God, at this time, God is wanting to do amazing things through our lives. But I want to encourage every single one of us, when we talk about those kind of things, and these signs will follow them that believe, and uh, it's the miracles of healing and all those kind of things, um, uh, the reality is also God was wanting to do the signs and wonders and the miraculous in our finances. On, yeah. He's wanting to supernaturally uh, do a miracle uh, in, in, in our finances as the people of God because He knows that um, finances are needed to do what we're called to do as, as His kids. So maybe just uh, launching off a little bit... Um, um, this this morning, let me let me let me take five minutes just to to cement um, our understanding this morning. Yeah. Um, is that Jesus? The purpose that that God sent Jesus to this earth wasn't to forgive us our sins uh, so that we can go to heaven one day when we die. Yeah. And in the interim, until I'm going to die, that I'm going to use the gospel now as my way of getting through. Uh, this earth and, and, and dealing with all, all the struggles that happen on this earth. That's not the purpose of the gospel. The gospel is not a survival kit. Yeah. It's not there to, to try and get us by so that we can survive. The gospel, friends, came to transform our lives. Yeah. We are completely, completely different people. When the Bible talks that we're new creatures in Christ, understand this, that it says we were transformed out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now, you you cannot be transformed out of darkness into His marvelous light and not be completely changed in the way you think, the way you act, the way you operate. Everything is different. Just take a moment now to think about it. If you're in, the, in darkness, how do you act, how do you think, and how do you operate? Yeah. I mean, just think about it. If you're in the nighttime and you, you're wandering around in the darkness, the way you think, the way you operate, the way you do a bunch of stuff, friends, is a certain, certain way, but then God transformed us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Mm. Now, when you operate in the light, it is very, very different. That's why it is strange when the children of God 
who have been transformed into his marvelous light still operate like people in darkness. Yeah. Um, they still operate and go to the places they shouldn't, they, they went to in the night. Um, this is a side, side issue. Let me concentrate. Um, <laughs> um, so, so the reality is, friends, he transforms us. Jesus came to transform our life and change our life. The way we think, the way we act, the way we operate is completely different. What we want to encourage here today is that when the Bible says when we got saved, the first thing that God calls us to do is to deny ourselves. So this very new life, friends, is, is anti-ourselves. And when it says we deny ourselves, friends, we, we are acknowledging that there's been a transformation and that somebody else is now Lord. Somebody else has now taken uh, the, the rule and the reign over my life. And if somebody else has taken the rule and reign over my life, that is now what I want to see uh, displayed. Yeah. And that's why the Bible is very clear, friends. We were not made for ourselves. And you might say, well, how, 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 what does that mean? How do you understand that, Grant? Genesis chapter 1, man was made in the image of God. Yeah. We were not made for ourselves. We were made in the image of God. So now we've been transformed into His marvelous light. Jesus Christ has come to live inside of us. Uh, we're now here to display who He is in His image. And who is God? God is love. We receive love, now we become love. Now that God has become love in our lives, friends, that's why it says, Oh, no man, anything except to love. Uh, uh, Romans 13, I think, verse 8. Uh, we, we become love. So when Jesus says, follow me, he's wanting us to follow who he is, which is love. And the Bible uh, says in Galatians 5, 6, it says, uh, Nothing else matters except faith working through love. So now our life is looked through the lens of faith working through love. So what will a life of faith working through love, a life of love, what will finances look like in that life? Yeah, come on. We've got to look at that, friends. Not just finances, but finances in that life. That's why, friends, we, when Jesus said, follow me, if we, were, if we had to follow Jesus, the Son of God, friends, we couldn't. We couldn't follow the Son of God because He's the Son of God. So we could applaud. We could stand back and admire and acknowledge Him and what He, what he's, what he did. But we could never follow it. But he, when He asked us to follow Him, He didn't ask us to follow Him as the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. He asked us to follow Jesus as the Son of Man. He asked us to follow yeah. love. Yeah. Every single one of us can follow love. So what I'm asking you here today, friends, is as we look at finances, look at it through the lenses of love. And now when we, when we understand faith and finances is faith working through love. Yeah. So it's a whole different viewpoint, a whole different mindset. So my, my question I ask today to every single one of us is simply this. When you got born again and your life changed, and maybe you were a baddie and, a, and, and, and you were a naughty and you were all these things, and maybe you weren't, but your life did change, friends. I ask this simple question. Did your, the, the way you operate, the way you handle, the way you work with finances, did that change? If it didn't, friends, I want to challenge you that you have not allowed the Word of God to penetrate into your finances and into that arena of, of uh, money in your life. And my encouragement is today, as we build on some things, allow God to break into that area. Because it is vital if we are to follow Him and to do what He's called us to do. Yeah. 
It is so vital that it starts right back in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, yeah very good. And um, I don't know if we want to um, share a little bit of that. But let me, let me say this. Let me, let me say that what I love about the Garden of Eden right in the very beginning was that God planted the garden. God invested in that garden. And when he invested in that garden, one of the key things that he did there, friends, one of the key things is he said, you can't eat of this tree. God planted the garden. He invested in their lives. And then he asked them not to eat of this tree. Friends, what, was there something special? Did he need the fruit from that tree? He planted the garden and he, he planted all the trees with fruit. He didn't need the fruit from that tree. What he did need was for them to obey him. And to not eat from that tree. Because it had to do with lordship and a matter of the heart. Right from the word go. Yes. From then on, it was an outworking of man. And when man slipped up there, he slipped up in every single area. And then, yeah. friends, um, which we'll get into as we develop on. Before sin, before Adam messed up, God put him in the garden and caused him to work. Yeah. Work was a blessing. He was created to do it. Work was wonderful. It was, it was a joy. It was exciting. It was great. So work, friends, is a direct mandate from the Heavenly Father. And He loves that He can mandate us to work. And He doesn't just sit there and watch us, but He wants to come alongside us and work with us. But after sin, friends, after the earth was cursed, then it says work became a toil, became a sweat, became a drag, became frustrating because there were now thorns and thistles. And so our work became unprofitable. Then Jesus comes along, and yeah. uh, Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says it redeems us from the curse. So now work, friends, has been redeemed from the curse. Now we work for the Lord, as unto the Lord. Now, friends, what happens with our work? Suddenly our work is not about sweat and toil, and it's not about being unprofitable. Now our work is supposed to be a joy, profitable, working unto the Lord. God breaks Very in, and our work is supposed to be supernaturally led and orchestrated by God and yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's why, friends, we're supposed to be different. That's why when we go into workplaces and we, wherever we go, it's supposed to be such a light that shines. Yeah. You don't have to even be an evangelist and speak, friends. Just your life shines yeah. Jesus because you're so different, because work has changed, yeah. because God has broken in. Yes. And so that's what we want to talk about and talk about finances and, 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 and how it's receiving them and, and how we spend them and how we utilize the whole arena of finances because yes. we are supposed to be different, friends. Yes. Our life, our value systems, the way we think, the way we operate is supposed to be different. So I pray yeah. that over these next couple of weeks that your life will be so transformed because God wants you to be blessed. God mm. wants you to live in the abundance and the blessing, but He wants you to operate the way His kids the way they're supposed to operate. Friends, when he said follow Jesus, he said follow Jesus. Yeah. The Greek for that is follow Jesus. So at the end of the day, when you follow Jesus, if you don't see it in Jesus' life, you shouldn't be seeing it in ours. Yeah, come on. So we want to see what Jesus, and, and I've been fascinated, and I'm always fascinated, how much Jesus talks about finances, yeah. how much he was involved around finances. He took finances seriously, friends. He even had a treasurer. Yeah. Yes, we know his name was Judas. And we know he was doing other things with the money. But the point is Jesus appointed a treasurer yeah. to take care. Of, he, 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 he does. Finances are important. Money is important to God. I don't want you to ever think anything else of that. But the way we operate and the way we work there is vital. So and that's what we want to share and get into. So I love that because I think so often, um, you know, you talk about finances. And, and the moment you say it's a heart matter, 
most people, the response is like, man, why do you always have to bring it there? You know, <laughs> why has it always got to be a heart matter? And why is finance is always this struggle? And, and I, I feel like the Lord is shifting our perspective around money because I, I believe that the Lord actually wants us to see money as a weapon for the kingdom. And when we begin to see money as a weapon for the kingdom and not something that rules or governs my life, that's called financial freedom. And I think sometimes we, we're, we're so after financial security, which is within our own control, but financial freedom actually comes from trusting the Lord, like a father and a son, trusting your father that actually he knows what you need and he's going to give you every. There's no lack in, in God. But one of the things I also was just thinking now as you were saying that, I love what you said um, about just in the garden and with the, with the tree, that it had to do with obedience. It had to do with trust. It had to do with relationship, actually. God was testing the hearts of Adam and Eve. And I just think about money now. It's amazing how um, we spend our money based on what we have value for. So if, if we have a value for something, we, we're prepared to spend for that. Um, and so it, it immediately reveals what's important to your heart, what's, what you're actually holding to and, and what you have value for. Uh, and so really... Uh, what, when I think about that, instead of, of seeing it as this thing we have to be careful of and, whoa, you know, danger. No, actually, I get excited because when you think about people who are radically in love with Jesus, who have a value for his kingdom, who know him, who are walking in relationship with him, suddenly finance has become an incredibly supernatural thing. And maybe what we can talk about a little bit here before we move to the next thing is, um, what is the mindset when we talk about the supernatural with finances? Because in, in, in worldly thinking, you know, it's all about think ahead, plan ahead, make sure you've got money for the future, um, you know, don't risk, don't step out with certain things, be clever with your investments, and, and some of those things are good points. But how do we as believers think about our finances in the context of the supernatural? How do we live supernaturally with our finances with regards to trust and risk? What would you say? Well, um, there's a beautiful um, statement which says, um, a life lived reveals what you've put your faith in. Come on, that's so, good. so your life reveals where you've put your faith. And, and a, a lot of the time we, we, we don't put finances into that realm of faith, wow, into that realm of the supernatural realm where we, where we can allow God to now breathe on it. So the, the way... Um, um, it's often um, understood uh, by a lot of believers is that uh, Jesus done the finished work of the yeah. cross, yeah. and so um, we are blessed, which is completely true, and, e and everything is now ours. Mm -hmm. um, but then what we do is we, we sit and we, we're like, wait for God, yeah. even though He's done everything, yeah. um, we wait for Him now to do something. We, we, we have to, you know, we, we need to um, act on yeah. our faith. Um, I love, um, I forget who said it, but where we encounter truth mm -hmm. and then um, we believe and act on that truth and then grace comes yeah. to make that truth our reality in our lives. Mm -hmm. So what happens with finances is we encounter truth and then we believe that truth and then we wait. Yeah, so good. So what we need to do is there needs to be a, an action to our faith. Yeah. And then when, 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 when there's an action to our faith, grace comes. Come on. The divine enablement of God comes. Come on. You see, and that's what we, 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 we love, that divine enablement. But if you don't put action to your yes. uh, um, belief, yes. um, then that truth will never become your reality, so even good. though it's truth. So good. Yeah. 
And that's the challenge. Um, I, 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 I would just share this illustration. I don't know if it fits in here, but it just comes to mind. Um, and so I can. Uh, <laughs> is, um, I remember, um, and there's actually a, a wonderful family in our congregation who, um, if you ever get the privilege of house-sitting at their house, they, um, they fill their, their pantry and their fridge and everything so stocked up. It's like everybody wants to go and house-sit there. It's amazing. It's the best. Uh, because you... <laughs> And so, you, you know, you go to house it somewhere and they buy uh, pantries full of all lovely groceries, the fridge is all full, whatever, and they say, you can help yourself. Um, whatever you need, whatever, while you, you're house sitting, you, you can have it. And then we can sit there the whole time, whatever, and go, you know what I really would like? You know, I would like some breakfast, some, some, some English breakfast, some egg and bacon and some nice stuff, whatever, that'll be really nice, and we can sit there and... I really like hamburgers for lunch, or I really like a nice, um, you know, some, some prawns for dinner or whatever. And, that. and actually, when they come back, we can be starving. Um, you see, it's all available to us. Provision's been given there, but I have to get up and, and make breakfast. Yeah, I have to make my lunch. I have to access the pantry, even though it's, it's all there, and it's given to me. Yeah. And that's the challenge that we have often with the Word of God, is that, yeah. is that Jesus has done everything. I am blessed. Um, it's, it's, it's already a done deal through Christ. But I have to access that. There has to be an actioning. There has yes. to be a faith. And I, yes. I feel like as the people of God, we haven't been actioning, but I believe that this is the time now for us to, uh, to action by faith those things that we believe, those truths that we know to be true because yeah. we want grace to come. And remember, again, I want to encourage every single one of us. It's the grace come of on. God. So good, Dad. Not our toil, not our sweat. We have been redeemed from the curse. Yeah. Uh, we just... We love working because we do it unto the Lord, because we love to have an yeah. opportunity to yeah. minister to people uh, where, that I can go and I can share my life and, and encourage people. And I'm doing it all out of the excitement of, of, of partnering with the Lord. Yeah. And then the grace of God comes. So and, uh, and so it's the grace of God that enables us. And it's the grace of God that will bring that truth and make it a reality in my life, Come not on. my effort or my toil. Please understand Come on. that. I think like with that, what's so important is one of the fundamentals of the foundations of the gospel is that we, we no longer live for ourselves. We live unto Jesus and for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so when we put our finances into that category, then suddenly we're not viewing finances for ourselves. We're viewing it as something that's for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's the stewarding mentality. And what I love regarding the supernatural, um, you know, probably the first thing we think of when we talk about the supernatural is, um, is healing. And, um, you know, you think about when you go to pray for somebody to be healed. First, there's a, an act of obedience that you felt the Lord tell you to go and pray for somebody. Then there's the risk to actually step out now in faith, putting action to what you believe. Because if you're going to go and be obedient, you obviously believe they're going to get healed. So you have the belief that God heals and he wants to heal that person. But it requires that stepping out, that action. It's that sowing actually of your faith into that situation to see the harvest that God wants to bring. And I think with our finances, we, we often, we don't think about it the same way. And so we don't see the supernatural harvest that we can't see. And so now when we, when we talk about our finances, firstly, we know our finances are not for us. Just We get the blessing of it. It's amazing. God takes care of us. But we don't view things in the selfish kind of perspective. We're thinking kingdom. We're thinking, how can we represent Jesus even with my finances? And so now it's like, okay, um, 
I believe that God provides. I believe that I'm blessed. I believe that God's called me to sow and he's called me uh, to operate in the kingdom. But now what does that mean? And, uh, and often, maybe this is where we can get really practical, Dad, is we, we, we have maybe some money and it's like, I don't have a lot of money, so maybe I need to wait uh, until I have more so that I can. So we start to, you know, like sowing in our mind can be like, well, I've got a little bit of extra this month, so now I can sow, or I can't sow because I don't have. What would you say to that? What's the, what would you say is a kingdom mentality of sowing our finances? Okay, let me, maybe let me, let me share um, another angle about um, uh, finances and then bring it into that context is um, remember that God's not after our money. Yeah. So we know that. He's got all the money he needs. He's not after our money. What he is after is our heart. Yeah. And money triggers a heart response. Yeah. It's simple as that, right? So what happens is money has this sneaky way of trying to lead us. It has a way of trying to be master. That's what money is always trying to do. Yeah. And that's why we read here where you, you can't serve God and money. Yeah. So in, in, in Matthew 6. So now um, with the uh, master-servant uh, relationship, yeah. the key understanding of that is the master tells the servant yeah. what to do. Yeah. So the master leads and the servant obeys, yeah. Right? With the mo- so what happens with finances, with money, it's always trying to see where it can, it can lead. And uh, so you have to deal with money. You have to conquer this aspect of the heart so that you can operate what, what we want to just touch on right now. Yeah. So a, a lot of us here today will go, but I, I, I don't serve money. Where, where do I serve money? Yeah. So, well, understand this. It's the... It's, it's trying to be, money is trying to be the determining factor in your decision-making process. Understand that. Very money good. is trying to be the determining factor. Yeah. It's trying to be the authority. Yeah. It's trying to be the one that makes the decisions. Very it good. wants you to ask it permission wow. to do anything in your life. Very good. So what happens? Let me give you a, a classic example. I'll just use it because um, it's close to home, is um, when you go to Builder's Warehouse, I'll just, my favorite shop, okay, so I go to Builder's Warehouse, when you walk into Builder's Warehouse, there used to be a table, it's now a whole section, where it's marked down, discount section, it's where there's, there's where you spend uh, all of your time, yes, yeah. where there's all the, all the bargains on this table, and what's so funny is when you walk into Builder's, with well, my Builder's, where, where, where I go to, um, is uh, my builders. Um, <laughs> Not my as spa, you walk my in, builders. as you enter the shop, on your left-hand side is this section. And then when you leave the shop, on your right-hand side is that section. So you can understand, <laughs> whether you come into the shop or go out the shop, it's right there. Now, of course you're going to go to the tables. You're going to go to the places where everything is on special. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is that even though you don't need it, <laughs> even though it's, 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 it's not it's going to... You, your mind's telling you somewhere in my life I'm going to need this thing. And, and the reason why I, I, I need this thing is because it's such a bargain. It is marked down with 50%. I'm getting half the price of this thing I probably will never use. See, money is now trying to dictate and tell me something uh, above actually uh, my own uh, understanding. Let's, yeah. let's call it like that. So 
if it's if it's if it's uh, not hitting home and you want a, a couple of other little illustrations, I'll give you a couple of other little illustrations. Um, some of these um, we have to like go back in our memory because let's take takeaways. Can you remember takeaways? It's an incredible thing that you can actually go and get takeaways um, in life. Um, and and how we um, well, let me explain the concept because maybe you've forgotten what the concept is. Um, you, you can actually you can go to restaurants and you can actually go and get food and take it away and and um, or you can it's get it delivered to your house. It's a miracle. It happens. It's fantastic. Um, but the truth is, when, when you're thinking about getting a takeaway, you know, when you used to think about getting a takeaway, when, you, when you're thinking about getting a takeaway, what is actually the thing that comes into your mind? Is it, let me look at what I can afford or what I genuinely feel like? Yeah. So when it's takeaways, do I genuinely, I, actually what I really feel like is, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but anyway, I'll say it, um, a Nando's. Um, I genuinely feel like Nando's, but what I can afford is, is Chinese. See, th these are important things. When you go to a restaurant, again, when you do, when we all finally do get one to go to a restaurant one day, um, when you look at the menu, are you looking at the menu based on what you feel like or are you looking at the menu based on the pricing? When, you, when you're going to go take a holiday, sure. are you looking at the holiday that you can afford or the holiday that you would really like to go on. Now, we're going to get into stewardship, but I'm not talking about, this is not, I'm not talking about stewardship. I'm talking first and foremost about a heart matter. Yeah. The heart matter here is what dictates to you, what is your authority, what is speaking to you, what's the loudest voice in your life. Wow. Often, friends, it is money, and it needs to be God. So now, let me ask you this simple question. When it comes time to give an offering, where you want to give an offering to something, are you giving an offering based on what you can afford? Yeah. Or are you giving an offering based on what God has told you? So good. So good. See, very good. it's very important because you've got to get the heart understanding here. It's matters of the heart. When you get matters of the heart right, everything else starts to flow and to come into line. So this is what I do want to encourage us. I want to encourage us that whether we want to acknowledge it or like it or not, the Bible says, again, also in Matthew 6, where your heart is, that's where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So there is a connection between our heart and our treasure. We have to acknowledge that. And friends, we have to understand that, and that's why it's an important relationship. We have to make sure that God is the highest authority and the voice over our lives and that He has our heart. Yeah. And then if He has our heart, now we surrender our finances to Him and we listen to His voice because if He's got my heart, I don't then have to worry. Here's the, the, where Matthew 6 goes to. Matthew goes, 6 goes to do not be anxious yeah. about tomorrow. Yeah. You see, because what happens with money is money's uh, uh, twin or play fellow that he plays with is fear. Very good. See, God plays with love. He lo he's, he are, it's his twin. Yeah. So it's, it's his, I'm using a, a, kind of a weird analogy, but anyway, that's yeah. fine. Um, um, so God operates with love and, and money operates with fear. So you see, do not be anxious about tomorrow. You see, we are fearful about tomorrow. So we allow fear now to govern us. Sorry. And then if we allow fear to govern us, money takes control. Yeah. Money takes lordship. And what happens is uh, for the end of the month, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to need that thousand rand because I'm going to have to, and I'll allocate it out so much per day, and I'll be able to do this, that, and the other. Yeah. And God says, okay, I want you to give that thousand rand to 
Susie. Susie, bless you wherever you are. <laughs> and, and so we're, then we have a struggle with that because I can't afford to give Susie a thousand rand because that's all I have. Our eyes are then looking at our seed and not the harvest. Come on. So good. Wow. You see, our eyes are meant to look at the harvest and our heart is God's. And He takes care of us. So I can now release, I can release that. I can give Him my tomorrow. Yes. Because I can trust Him about my tomorrow. Yeah. You see, that's the beautiful story of Abraham and Isaac. You see, God promised Abraham that he, uh, through his seed, that he would be a father of many nations. And Isaac was his tomorrow. Yeah. And then God says, you give me your tomorrow. Sure. And he had to look there and go, but I trust you, Lord. And then he was willing to give his tomorrow. You know what happens. The story. And that's the reality, friends, with our finances. Our finances are, it's about a heart matter. It's about giving God our tomorrow, and then He will take care of our tomorrow. So it's, it's yielding our lives in every area to whatever God's saying, whatever He wants to do. So when it comes to, to sowing, it's just entrusting our lives to Him. So what are you saying? It's not based on, on our, I believe in the harvest. My focus is on the harvest. So what I believe when it comes to sowing is we're giving God uh, something to work with uh, when we sow. It's like a farmer um, just standing there staring out over his field. Um, the reality with a farmer, friends, is if he uh, doesn't own the land, um, and if he just pays the landlord the, the, the money for the land and then stands there and just looks out over the land, and uh, like Connor was talking about enacting our faith, it's like if he's just prophesying and declaring over the land, come forth, you millies, in the name of Jesus, and what have you. Nothing is going to come forth because he hasn't sowed. Yes. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's, I've paid for the land, but I also, I'm enacting my faith in the land. Yeah. Now, it's, a, it's, a, it's an action, an, an, an acting of my faith that God is able to now work with and respond to. Yeah. And um, I want to I also just say this now even if I'm jumping around in the nose. I just want to say this, friends, that God wants us to live in relationship with Him. Yes, come on. He wants it to be a living, uh, live relationship. What we have felt over this lockdown period was abiding, was coming back to that place of abiding in the Lord. And, and when you're abiding in the Lord, there's rivers of living water that are flowing constantly. So I walk with the Lord constantly. I'm, 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 rivers are flowing. I'm in the river all the time. My life is one of, of, of rivers and of life and of flowing. It's not one of visitation. Yeah. And it's the same with our finances. God is not wanting our finances to be one of visitation. Yeah. It's like we're in desperate need now, Lord, please help. And God breaks in and visits us with this bunch of finances. And it's great because, you know, it always reminds me, uh, it's a, a well-known illustration, but uh, the number um, of people that have won the lotto um, that have returned back to being broke again in just a very short space of time is, is like just about all of them. Because the reality is, friends, when God journeys with us, He wants us to, it's about the journey more than it's even about the event. Yes. Him coming and breaking into our lives, giving us the finances to take care of a certain situation. Yeah. Just, we'll just, we'll, have, we'll get back to that place again. Um, but if we're living in that flow and that abiding okay. with Him, in that life, friends, then we, we are allowing Him to operate and to work. And that's what sowing does. Yeah. Sowing, friends, is our, as I sow, it gives God the ability to, to bring forth a harvest. 
and that he can give to us, pressed down, shaking together, running over, pour back into our lives. And there's just a continual uh, outpouring and infilling, outpouring and infilling. So That's good. a kingdom principle. So good. You know what I love about this is it puts finances in the context of encountering God. And when you think about that, that's like almost foreign to us. Because if I was to say to you, you know, where do you encounter God? Or how do you encounter God the most? You'd probably picture yourself listening to some worship music, you know, in your room and, and having or in the word while you're reading, which are phenomenal times. But now it's like, actually, because finances is so connected to our hearts, I love this, that, that God can actually invite us into this space of complete trust, abandonment, and surrender to the Lord as the one who provides for us as our Father. And now we actually begin to encounter His character and His ways in our finances. And uh, just, you know, for myself and, and Jess, we've been in a season where the Lord has been calling us to sow more than we've ever, uh, you know, given or, or sown before. And now it's like, it's incredible because... It's like his character and his nature is being revealed to us daily because you're trusting God for your tomorrow. Because you, you're not waiting to have extra to sow. You're sowing with what God's given you in your hands. And I think that's also such a practical thing is, you know, I remember you actually taught me this. And I know as we go through the weeks, we'll teach on this more. But when we have our finances, the first thing is lordship, the tithe. And so the tithe goes into the local house. And then you're left with the stewardship aspect of the finances that God has entrusted to you. And, uh, and then you've got bread and you've got seed. And I think so often what we do is we look at the 90% that's left as bread, and then we're waiting for something else to happen to bring in that little bit extra that we could use as seed. And then we wonder why we have such a small harvest and, and not seeing God breaking into our finances, because it's a completely selfish lens, and we're just seeing it as this is what meets my needs. But actually, what's incredible is when you're prepared to make adjustments for the kingdom, when you're thinking kingdom and you're looking through that lens, you're prepared to say, I, I can make adjustments to my bread money, which is, you know, what we're going to live off of, so that I have seed to sow, because I know there'll be a harvest and God is my provider. And even if it means it's tomorrow's uh, Nando's or tomorrow's uh, Chinese food, I'm going to sow that, even if it's that small amount, but because I know that if I sow it in faith, there's multiplication in that seed and there's going to be a harvest. And I believe that what we're called to as a church right now is almost like this pioneering faith. It's like God's calling us in this season to risk much. Um, and it's not foolishness. It looks like foolishness to the world, but it's not foolishness. It's radical obedience and faith. It's radical action to the things that we've professed that we believe for so long. And so I feel like what God's setting us up for now as a community is actually first and foremost, He's inviting us to encourage encounter him. We're, he's inviting us to encounter uh, his character and his ways in our finances, because there's a confidence that comes with that. You know, uh, uh, I know for us, as we've been in that place of, of saying, Lord, show us, you know, we want to sow more. Um, the more that we do that, the more we're confident in his promises, because he's faithful. I love um, Beautiful. That's very good. the one thing just in line with this that you, you said to me yesterday, you were talking about how do we position ourselves to receive from God? Um, because we know that God loves us. We know that God is pouring out his blessing on us. He provides. Um, but how do we position ourselves to, to constantly receive? And so I was asking you this question, and your answer blew my mind. You said, we sow. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit around that? Yeah, well, well to, to get understanding um, in, in, in this area is to understand that uh, there's been a... Um, The root word of, of salvation, sozo, right, to rescue, um, and the, the Greek word is soteria, which is, is to save, set free, deliver, uh, make whole. 
And it encompasses every single area. So it's, it's all-inclusive, emotionally, physically, mentally, socially, spiritually. And every single area is to make, make it whole. So in our salvation is the provision of God. Our God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches in glory, Philippians 4.19. So we've got these beautiful uh, words that tell us that in, in um, salvation is, is all the provision of God. Yeah. But let me, let me use an illustration and say this. In Psalm 5, it's verse 12. It says that, that the favor of God surrounds us like a shield. And, uh, and so now I need to go for this job interview because I need, this, I need, a, I need a job. And so, um, but God's favor surrounds me like a shield. So I pitched to the um, um, interview late. Um, I'm just wearing my tatty jeans and my T-shirt, and I haven't shaved. But God's favor surrounds me like a shield. And, um, and the interview is very short, so I'm convinced that obviously the guy, I've got the job. Because um, the reality is the interview is short because he basically tells me to get out of his office. And the, rea- the reality is, friends, I don't get the job. Now I get confused and I ask the Lord, but, but his, his, his uh, favor surrounds me like a shield. But I had to position myself for that favor. Yeah. So you shave and you put on some nice clothes and you come early to the interview, and you trust the Lord, and you allow Him to, to, to allow his, his favor to flow. Come on. Amen. It's an easy illustration for us to understand. And it comes with the kingdom of God. What God wants us to do is He wants us to, to um, position ourselves for the provision of God. Yeah. The way we position ourselves is by sowing. And let me and what Connor said. Let me just use a little a little example here that might help us. It's in the Word of God. If you go to Mark 12, I think it's verses about 41 to 44. It's an interesting little story. What the little story is about is is it's about Jesus who goes and positions himself across the way from the treasury box. There's a, a a place where everybody comes to give their offerings, and it's fascinating that Jesus goes and positions himself to have a look at that. That that in itself will will shatter some religious mindsets because um, uh, most religious mindsets think that the, the finances don't matter. Well, why he positions himself to cross from it then is, a, is another Very story. Good. But he's watching, and a whole bunch of people are coming up, and they're giving of their, um, um, giving of their finances. Yeah. And um, friends, I want to encourage us with the story that a lot of, of poor people came to give as well. So there were a lot of poor people that came to give, and there were a lot of rich people. And the Bible says that the rich people gave quite large sums. So there was a lot of, of huge amount of money that was being given. And then there's this little widow that comes up, and the Bible says that she gave uh, like two mites. It was, it was a two copper coins, a Roman copper coins. And if you understand a copper coin, a copper coin in those days was worth one sixty-fourth. One sixty-fourth of a denarius, which a denarius was a day's wages. One sixty-fourth of a, den- of a day's wage. So she gave minute, little, little bit. And in our lovely minds and our mindsets and our religious mindsets, we're going, what? And then the Bible makes it even harder for us for our religious mindsets because it says she gave everything that she had to live on. Now, our religious mindset would, you know what our religious mindset would do? It would go to that box, break it open, or open it, whatever, and take it back, and, and give it, take it out and give it back to her. And say, no, no, in fact, let me give you some more. Jesus does nothing of the sort. What he does is acknowledge it and honor her, and he says, she gave more than all of them. Come on. Friends, because what she was doing is what she was giving 
was her heart. What she was entrusting was her life. What she was entrusting was her tomorrow. What she was doing, friends, was sowing. Because what she needed, friends, was not the money back. What she needed was a harvest. Very good. She needed a harvest, friends, and that's what we do. We take what we do have, friends. And, and I love that, what Connor shared, is because every single one of us have been given seed and bread, and God is not asking you to sow your bread. Yeah. Because you can sow your bread all you want, and all that will come is the birds. You'll feed the birds. Yeah. Because bread, sowing bread doesn't bring up bread. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but seed sown. Friends, so he's not, so it's for us to ask the Lord, what what is bread of this finance? What is bread? Yeah. That's for me, and what is seed yeah. for me to sow? Yeah. And friends, that can change. Yeah. At times, it's different all the time. When we get finances, and we've had times when I've got finances in, and God said to me, "You sow the whole lot." Yeah. There's other times when God has said to us uh, uh, wonderfully, um, um, "You can use the whole thing and take your family on holiday." And I have, I've, I've, and, and, and I've used it as our bread. Yeah. Um, but, but you know what the, the, the challenge to every single one of us comes to mind again is just this. is, Don't you find it fascinating? Let's encourage us practically. Don't you find it fascinating that when we look at our finances often during the month, we say, oh, we, I cannot afford to sow. But somehow I've got to make this last till the end of the month. So I put my faith and my trust in my bread. <laughs> and come the end of the month, I somehow, I can tell everyone, somehow I got enough bread. We were able to eat. It's wonderful. Aren't you tired yeah. of every single month just having enough bread? Yeah. Just because you know what it is. You put your faith in the bread and yeah. God honors your faith in yes. the bread. Yes. God's wanting us to not just be a people of the crumbs from the table and just eating the little bits of the bread. He's wanting us to be a people yeah. come on, that are lavish that are overflowing in abundance because He came to give us abundance. He came to give us life. It is time for the people of God to put their faith and their trust in sowing. Yes. And as they sow and they believe God, to trust Him for the harvest that will come back, come friends, on. that we can sow again, that it can come back, that we can sow more, that it can come back. Yes. And so often my challenge to every single one of us is stop thinking about your past experiences yeah. and what you did. And how this didn't work. And I have tried this and tried that. Stop. Yeah. As my heart's cry. Stop. The word of God is true. Come on. Come back. Go back to the simplicity and say, all right, yeah. I, I tried to tithe. I tried. That's the problem. You tried. Yes. Don't try any of this. Yes. You do it because you believe God is faithful. Yes. Friends. I believe. And when I sow, I don't sow with a, uh, I'm trying it. I wonder if that, because you know what happens when you try it? The enemy will throw everything at you where you, for you to doubt it. And I can tell you one thing about a farmer. If, you, if a farmer goes and digs up his seed, yeah. it's never going to produce a harvest, friends. And that's often what happens in our lives. We go there, it's not working, whatever. We dig up our seed, we take it back. Or we, so we, good. We, yeah. we, we don't uh, allow God to water and to bring forth, because God's the God of the harvest. Yes, come on. Uh, we, we, 
He brings the harvest. We, yeah. we, we need to trust Him. When we sow, we put it in His hands. We just trust Him. Yeah, so good. Right. And I, we, I know we've run out of time, and we're going to carry on with this over the next couple of weeks and keep building. But what we really want you to take away from this is to know that right now you can look at your finances, and you can see an expression of the Lordship of God and the stewardship of God that He's entrusted you to steward your finances. And now when you're sowing, I think what's so key in what you've just said is obedience to the Lord. I think this, for some of you, this might be the first time that you've ever looked at your finances and asked God what He wants to do with it. You know, so often we already have set the, the limitations of what we want to do, and here's how it's going to go for the rest of the month. But actually now we can sit with the Lord and say, actually, God, this is yours. What do you want to do? And I want to encounter you in my finances. I want to risk and see the supernatural. And you know, it's funny, we always want to tell the awesome testimonies of people who've seen God move in different areas of their life. But very few of us want to put ourselves in the realm of faith to see those things happen. And so as a community and as a leadership team, we're inviting you, we're inviting all of us to dive on this, dive into this journey together Amen. of faith, the supernatural, that God's calling us to a pioneering faith in this season where we are going to risk much, but we're going to see the harvest of God, the inheritance of God for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your business, and for our local church 24-7 and into the nations. So we want you to get excited with us. Thank you, Dad, for sharing your heart. And uh, we just want to pray for you and, and release you and, and catapult you into a week of faith and risk. And uh, man, what a privilege. So awesome to open the word together. So can we all stand? If you're in your home, stand with us. And I'm going to ask my dad just to pray for us and to just release faith over us this morning. Oh, Lord, we love you so much. You are amazing. You are a faithful God and you are, we can trust you. We really can trust you, Lord God. We, 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 we just want to acknowledge today, Lord, that it is a privilege and an honor to, to serve you and to, to have you as our Father, uh, who's after our best interests always, Lord God. We never have to worry or second guess, Lord God. So, Lord, putting our future, putting our tomorrow into your hands, not into some investment, not into some banker, not into uh, uh, some natural person's hands, but to put our future into your hands is an absolute joy. And uh, we can have such confidence. And so I want to just pray personally, Lord God, for every single person that's listening to this and every single one of us even here in person in the meeting. Father, where we have had really bad experiences with finances, where we've, uh, where it's, you know, we, there's a, it's a real touchy, it's a sore subject. It's, uh, I'm just asking for your healing to come. I'm ask, asking for the, the miracle of God to happen even right now. In our congregation and every single person that's listening, Lord God, where they've had a bad experience, Lord, even, Father, where they've sowed into church life or into places where people have used the money, abused the, the office, Lord God, or, or, or they've just had a bad experience with finances. I just ask right now that you would come and bring healing, Lord. You'd come and set us free, Lord God, because it's hindering us. Lord, it's not hindering other people. It's hindering us, Lord God, where we are harboring that offense or that hurt or, or, or that disillusionment, Lord God, or, or just, a, a, a Father, a block of, 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 of ever wanting to, uh, to venture out again, Lord. I, I just I pray today, Lord God, that you would do a miracle of healing, that you would set us all free from the past, set us free from our experiences, Lord God, and set us free to enter into the truth of your word and who you are, and to put our trust and our confidence back in you, Lord God. That's what I'm praying, Father. And then as we put our confidence and our trust in you, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, 
that you would come and that you would anoint every single person that is, can hear my voice right now, Lord, that the anointing of God would come upon every single person. That as it comes upon us, Lord God, not just the Holy Spirit inside of us, but as it comes upon us, it would empower us in the financial realm right now, Lord God. Because, Lord, you said, Deuteronomy 8, 18, that I give you the power. You give us the power to get wealth. You have the power to get wealth. Father, And we've called out to you. But, Lord, you gave us the power to get wealth, Lord God. You have placed it in our hands, the power, Father, for us to get wealth. So you've placed an entrusted wealth into the hands of believers. Father and Lord, we, if maybe we haven't put our hands up, maybe because of wrong thinking or wrong understanding, Lord God, a poverty mentality or a, or a mentality that you didn't want to bless us with finances, I thank you that that has broken off us right now today and that you want us to be blessed and you want us to be blessed for a purpose, with a different mindset. Lord, you want us to be blessed so that we can be love, so that we can do what you've called us to do, so we can go out, Lord God, and preach the gospel and reach the nations and love people and take care of the household of God and take care of others, Lord God. So today, Lord God, I'm asking right now that you would divinely impart, you would divinely release your anointing and your presence over every single person now, Father, in the financial arena and realm right now, Lord God. I'm praying over every single person and every single business, man and woman, that today, Lord God, there is a shift coming in their understanding, in their mindset. They were born for such a time as this, Lord God, that, Lord, even as individuals, we begin to risk, as business people begin to risk, Lord God, we begin to say, Lord, what are you saying to me? What do you want to do? This is not mine. This is yours. I want you to be Lord. So I thank you, Father, that we begin to release our tithes into the storehouses that we belong to. But that I also pray, Father, that we be good stewards of that which you've given us. What is bread? What is seed, Lord? What are you wanting us to sow into, Father? Because you said, will a man rob God of tithes and offerings? It's not just tithes, but it's also offerings, Father, that you've called us to, that you're asking us, Lord God, to sow in this season, Lord God. You're asking us to take what we believe and to action it by faith now in the financial realm. And as we do that, Lord God, we are going to see by the grace of God, that truth of blessing and of abundance become a reality in our lives. No more just getting by. No more just getting, uh, putting our head above water. But Father, living in the glory and the abundance, allowing you, Lord God, to take us to those places of overflow in Jesus' name. So Father, will you do that by the Spirit in every single heart today? We're no longer the same. Now that we've received this, word or receive this into our hearts father thank you lord god that there's a change yes we have been changed to be more like you lord jesus yes. to operate more like you yes. to think more like you in the every realm and the, we're talking about the realm of finances today in jesus name lord i pray for your blessing over your people yeah. lord god i love the, when they operated like this in the book of acts there was no needy one among them yes. i'm praying god that in our our, our family and in our sphere of influence there will be no needy one amongst us because we would have more than enough to take care of everything Lord God and to sow in the name of Jesus bless your people Lord thank you Father for their generous open hearts as they've listened today Lord God and thank you that it will make a difference and change in their life in Jesus name Amen thank you Amen. Jesus 
So that's part one of our series. You might still have questions and things, and I want to just encourage you to go with us on this journey week by week. But today, just let your faith be stirred to sow, to ask God to be obedient and to trust Him with your finances and to encounter Him in this area that we're talking about. So we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you to everyone that came and attended today in the room. We love you guys. We love 24-7 Church. Let's go and enthrone Jesus in our city in every sphere of influence. He's so worthy. Love you guys. See you in the week.